0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? Season 2, Episode 2 of the Pig Pod here today. Sam Jelanick with you. And for our second episode here of the 2023 season, we had Trey Kopp, Episode 1. We're dipping into the position player pool here today. We've got Weston Wilson. Weston, thank you so much for giving us the time today. It's good to be here. I'm excited to jump into whatever you got. (laughs) So you're in year one here in the Phillies organization. You had spent the entirety of your career uh, in the, with the Milwaukee Brewers, working your way up to AAA Nashville. Did you ever think at the start when you initially got drafted, looking down the road that, you know, hey, at one point, free agency is going to be a thing and, you know, go through a, a whole new recruitment process again?
1: Um, to be honest, I didn't really think about it. You know, obviously the goal when I got drafted was to play in the big leagues with Milwaukee. Um, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, there was a point where I thought it might, you know, back in 21. Um, but, you know, I think I started to see that free agency might be a thing towards the end of last year. Uh, just didn't, you know, felt like it was going to end up being one of those things where I'd actually
0: hit that process. And what is free agency like, going into it as a minor league free agent? Because it's a lot of things, like you said, most guys never consider it, But once you actually hit it and you've performed enough that, hey – other teams want you to be at that triple-A level so that, you know, spot opens up in the 40-man, eventually you get up to the big leagues. What's that like going through it trying to decide what organization is going to be the best fit for me?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think a lot of things go through your mind. Um, you think of the draft, doesn't always go the way you want it to. Uh, maybe you wait a little longer, or it's a different team than you think. Um, so, like with free agency um, – going into it you obviously don't know how it's going to feel not having a job for the last seven (laughs) years i've had a job and all of a sudden you don't and so you're kind of in that waiting period of like who has interest who's showing the most interest then you start to negotiate some things and then um you know i had interest really early which was a great sign from a couple teams and then there was like a little cold period for about a month and um not that I got worried, but it's like, you know, I kind of want to get this out of the way so that I can just focus on where I'm going to be next year. And, uh, you know, fortunately Philly came in right before Christmas and, you know, let my agent know that we're going to give an offer. And, uh, I guess it was just after Christmas, they gave the offer, kind of let other teams know, and then ended up going with them on Saturday, which was December 31st. Uh, and I don't, I don't think it was made official until mm-hmm. a couple of days later, but uh, yeah, that was pretty much what happened.
0: And I know you and I had talked about it before that uh, you're pretty close to Jeremy Walker. Yeah. And that uh, he had, I think he signed at the beginning of December with the Phillies. And, it, you know, you guys had a little bit of back and forth. Uh, what did you kind of learn from him as far as, you know, when you were trying to pick up, you know, what he was thinking with the Phillies and what, you know, you could get from him?
1: I can't I don't think this was his first. He's done some, he's been through some yeah. different different teams, but... Um, you know, he signed with them and I'm like, you know, it's great. We had talked actually, when was this back in Vegas? Mm -hmm. he was with Durham. I was with Nashville in the uh, playoffs. Oh yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, like, like you said, we grew up playing with each other against each other. And, um, uh, when was this in, in Vegas? He's like, dude, how cool would it be to play with each other next year? And I'm like, obviously that'd be awesome, but didn't really think. You know, like, what are the odds out of 30 teams one would want both of us or need both of us? And sure enough, he signed with Philly. And I was actually going home for Christmas. We're working out together a couple times. And he's like, dude, if you get an offer from the Phillies, you got to sign. And I'm like, ah, it's not going to happen. And um, my agent calls me. He's like, hey, Phillies, are going to offer. And I'm like, well, that's kind of <laughs> weird, you know. Uh, and then. We were sitting in the car and I was like with Jeremy sitting in the car. I'm like, dude, I wish my agent would call me with this <laughs> offer. And I promise you within two minutes, I got a call. and It was my agent. Hey, you know, the Philly's offered. Here it is. And uh, it was just kind of kind of one of those God moments because we had yeah. talked about it. Like for it to work out, it would be kind of a work of, you know, it would be a miracle in a sense um, or oddity. Um But, yeah, it happened, prayed about it a bit, Um, you know, there's some other interest was there, and then kind of just decided, you know, I felt like Philly was the right fit for me. it was awesome watching them in the postseason Mm -hmm. last year. Like, to see that, it was kind of like, I want to go to a team that has a winning culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, maybe the opportunities aren't as easy to get to the big leagues here as they would have been some other places. But to be a part of something like
0: that was something I really wanted to be, you know, part of. I had talked about it a little bit with actually Eric Ullman and John Hicks, both guys who, you know, had a little bit of major league service time, also, you know, around the same age as you, where coming to the Phillies, like you said, the opportunities to get to the majors might not be on the surface as plentiful, but at the same time, like you said, for a team that was just in the postseason, results are everything. Yeah. And you kind of know that, hey, if I perform down here at AAA and I force their hands, they're not in the business of waiting. Oh, you know, we got a younger prospect or something like that. It's if you can contribute right now, we need you. That must've been a good draw.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And they're very, uh,
1: they communicate that very well mm-hmm. to guys. Um, if there's a need, they're going to call people up. And I think we've already seen that this year mm-hmm. with a couple dudes. Um, and I think that's a place you want to be. They also have a high payroll. So guys that don't have service time and are getting called up for the first time or, Cheap, so um, yeah, man. Like, like I said, to be a part of something special, like I saw on TV last year, is something that I was looking forward to.
0: To back things up a little bit uh, and go into a little bit of your childhood, growing up, uh, you grew up in North Carolina. You ended up going to Clemson. Um, I'm curious about what kind of drew you there, and two parts of that is one, I saw a picture of you. First year or two maybe at Clemson, A, no beard, B, long hair, and C, a second baseman?
1: Yes. Uh, All right. (laughs) To circle back, the first part of that question, uh, I grew up an NC State fan my whole life. Both grandparents went there. Mm -hmm. Grew up going to basketball games, football games, baseball games, you know, pretty much every sport. So, uh, went on a visit there, liked it still didn't feel mm-hmm. necessarily like that was a spot. I had a couple of other visits to go on uh, and wanted to test the waters there. Uh, went to Clemson and, you know, I've always been big on like certain feelings on mm-hmm. things, making decisions like that. That's a big decision. So, uh, got there, met the staff, saw the place, the tradition, beautiful campus. Uh, it is kind of in the middle of nowhere, but, uh, <laughs> You know, I think they, like, they talk about family. I think it is, like, a big community. community. So, uh, just really felt that when I was there. And cool story. I got the offer from Clemson. um, Went to the football game afterwards. Didn't commit on spot. Mm -hmm. And I think they were playing Wake Forest, and they were down by 20-plus, I Mm -hmm. think. And I remember telling Jack Leggett, the head coach at the time, at halftime, we're going to win by field goal. Or <laughs> they are going to win by a field goal. And uh, sure enough, there's an opportunity coming down. They have like a 30 or 40 yarder. Kicked a field goal to take the lead with like 30 seconds. And I, I was like, when they hit that field goal, I was like, I'm coming. <laughs> you know, I, I think that was like the perfect timing for it. So, uh, yeah, in regards to the beard, <laughs> we had to shave. Okay. That was a team rule. Um, I don't really think I could grow a beard back then, to be (laughs) honest. I would probably try to grow what I could, but no, they didn't, they didn't want that. So, um, and then long hair was not a thing either. Um, we had a coaching change after my freshman and sophomore year going into junior year. He allowed it. It was, um, I I felt like it was a more free environment in a sense to, you know, be yourself. Um, so I took advantage of what I couldn't do for the last two years, and you know, grew a beard
0: out, grew my hair out. So, yeah. So I got to ask you now because there's some there's some great facial hair on the team, but I always come back to you. That, that is a perfectly manicured beard. What, yeah, I to that up a little bit right now. But. what is the regimen? Because I mean, that that is it's truly really stunning. Don't shave it.
1: <laughs> uh I clean my cheeks up a little mm-hmm. bit and my neck up but yeah. other than that just try to brush it a little bit. Yeah. Make sure I'm scrubbing it good. <laughs> uh, and sometimes you know put some oil in it. Yeah.
0: So you do it all yourself though? You don't go to a barber?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I get scared if I go to a barber Man. shop and they give me a fade and they're like do you want me to blend it in with a beard? Don't, no. Don't even touch my beard. Go I will, I will do it. <laughs> Cuz I've had it messed up before and it was not
0: a good feeling. <laughs> Um, one thing I saw, after you got drafted, you were playing for the Carolina Mudcats. It's a place that I've been a couple of times down in Zebulon, Uh, And I had done some research on it before, but I stumbled upon it somehow. I don't know how I didn't see it sooner. You proposed to your girlfriend before a game, first yes. pitch style.
1: I think that is not particularly me. Um, it was one of those things where I didn't know how to do it. I yeah. mean, I've never asked a girl to or any of that stuff so you know I went to my manager and team at stretch one day and I'm like hey guys you know I want to propose uh do y'all have any ideas my manager's like tell her to throw out the first pitch every girlfriend's gonna do it at some point in the season she'll never think it's coming which she didn't she didn't know um but I had called her dad to ask her they live up in Cape Cod mm. so it was kind of far I didn't have yeah. time to you know drive up there season, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So and another funny story on that was I asked him, Hey, you know, what's a good number to call you on? A business number or so. He sends me a number over text. One digit is off, but I have no clue <laughs> at the time. I just clicked the number, called it, I'm scared to death, just nervous. And he answers the the guy answers the phone and says, Hello, you know, and I'm like, all right, I'm jumping into it. Gave my two minute spiel. And, uh, the guy starts laughing and he's like, do you even know who my daughter is? And I'm like, of course. And in the back of my head, we'd only been dating for four, four months. Yeah. And so I I thought he was joking with me. Like, there's no way you know her at this point. And, um, I'm like, of course. And he goes, I don't have a daughter. And so I realized, hung up the phone. It's not the right number. Called him back on his cell that I had texted and he was like, gosh, I'm sorry. Like, I sent the wrong number. So it was good practice. But uh, anyways, she, she thought I was going to ask him when they came to that mm-hmm. series when I did ask her. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it was one of those things. She was surprised. Uh, I was very happy. But I don't think that's particularly me doing it in front of mm-hmm. a crowd. Uh,
0: but, you know, it worked out. And we're still together. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I've talked to you a little bit about both you and her career because, in a way, I always like to think about baseball players. Although you guys are athletes, in a weird sense, it's also kind of an entertainment business. Yeah, and she is also in the entertainment business: modeling, voice acting, that kind of stuff. Uh, How have you kind of jumped into or learned about what her career is like, and kind of blended you guys together in a way?
1: Yeah. uh you know, she's been in the business for a long time, so she, she knows it very well. Mostly modeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hopped into acting during COVID. Um, uh, has been doing some of that since then. Uh I think she has more of a passion for that mm-hmm. than than modeling, but um I think her being in that business has helped me yeah
0: with the social side of things. Mm-hmm. Um just In all aspects, yeah, I guess. I got to imagine it kind of helps in the sense that mentally, they're two very tough industries. Yes.
1: I mean, there's a lot of failure in baseball, but then there's like that waiting period Mm -hmm. and acting and modeling and stuff. Like uh, just where you're kind of waiting for opportunities to come about. Same thing in baseball. If you're performing, you're kind of waiting for an opportunity to come about. You can do everything you can on the field and still never get an opportunity in the big leagues. Uh, I've seen that with a lot of really good players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just being able to, like, bounce this stuff off each other has been good. You know, maybe if there's something that I'm dealing with, she can encourage me, or something she's dealing with, I can encourage her. So it's been a, you know, a long journey for me, and, I'm um, I, you know, honestly, I see light at the end of the
0: tunnel still, and um, I'm going to keep pursuing it. The one thing I'm always curious about in baseball relationships is there's always that point where, you know, when somebody starts, a baseball player or somebody who works in sports starts dating somebody else and trying to get them to understand what the lifestyle is like. Uh, And I was shocked to find out that you guys were only together for four months before you got engaged, just from the standpoint of how did you kind of get her to understand of like, hey, like six months out of the year, I'm going to (laughs) be, I'm going to be pretty busy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it really set in for a couple of years for her. Mm -hmm. Um, but she was very good about it, yeah, in a sense. like she supported me, and she has supported me the entire time um but I think until you're in it for years, yeah. it's hard to realize like the dedication and the time spent away from family friends and all that is so uh yeah, I mean, we've been through a lot of you know separation too, Mm -hmm. like with her having her own job, um, and me having to be on the road all the time. This is actually the first year that we've been together. So it's been awesome, uh, to come home to her at night instead of just once a month or once every six, eight weeks. Um, that's been great for sure.
0: One of the things I very recently learned about you, uh, and thankfully now that we're actually recording the podcast on video, we can show it a little bit tattoos.
1: That um, you are a yeah. little
0: bit of a tattoo artist. How did that start, um, and when did I, I, I? Never got clarification. Have you given yourself a tattoo?
1: No. Okay. I haven't. Uh, well, I've touched a couple lines up, but that's it. <laughs> um, it all started last year, and I haven't even done but two tattoos. Um, I would like to do more. Hey, that's
0: that's two more than me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. But I had a guy, Joey Weimer, that I played with. He's yeah. in the big leagues with Milwaukee now. Um, he's like, Wes, I want you to tattoo this on me. He has a collection. I'm not going to say anything about them, but, you know, they're cool tattoos. And he wanted me to add something. And never ended up having time, but I've had the machine with me. Mm-hmm. Ended up tattooing a guy, Brian Navaretto, mm-hmm. a little small one. And it turned out better than I expected. And then all of a sudden hans comes in and he's i
0: I knew hans was gonna weasel his way into the story being the tattoo guy i knew it yeah
1: he's like the perfect canvas you know he's got a lot of tattoos and he was like look i don't care just do your best which kind of gave me confidence to like not stress about it Uh, and like i said it turned out really well considering that i've never done like a cartoon on somebody before (laughs) what what did you give hans Speedy Gonzalez. Never heard of him before or whatever the little mouse thing is. but When did you give it to him? With Chavo written above it because that's his
0: nickname. When did you give it to him? Cause, it was it, in Jacksonville. Okay, it was in, in the Jacksonville. Okay. yeah. Because I was just curious because we recently – you came in on the tail end of it during batting practice that we were talking about because it was runner's world night back on Wednesday. Okay. And we got on the discussion of how fast could you run a mile. And Hans claimed he could do it in 530. Which which I was thinking, hey, maybe that he thinks he's Speedy Gonzalez. I don't know. <laughs> Hans is
1: interesting, man. Like, I wouldn't put it past him. The no. guy, the guy's really good at golf yeah. too. And if you look at him, I don't know that you would expect <laughs> guy with neck tats <laughs> like Chavo to be good at golf, but he is. So, I'm not saying he's a liar. I think he probably could.
0: Uh, you had brought up Joey Weimer, and now with Hans, the when you look at both of them, you can just tell that they're both very interesting guys. I got the pleasure of watching Weimer play at low A back in 2021. Okay. Uh, who have you come across in your baseball life that, you know, has been kind of one of those favorite teammates where sometimes just sit back and, you know, just on any day, you're just like, they're going to make me smile. (laughs) They're going to do something. that's going to make me laugh.
1: Honestly, there's too many to even like name. Usually every team has like one or two. Yeah. Um, Where you just, they will entertain you and you don't even have to like feed into it. They're just, they're just gonna do it. So, uh, off the top of my head, I can't really think of any specific names, but
0: those are two for sure. One final question, because it was something that I saw that when you're on the road in Jacksonville, you guys had the day off before the series started, and I happened to see on Instagram that you got to play TPC Sawgrass. Yes. Who was the foursome? You, Scott? Scott, Petey, and uh, Hixie. Hixie, okay. And I saw that you thanked Roger Clemens for it. Yes. What is the story there? I, I can piece it together, I think, but yeah, I, I want to hear it from so, you.
1: so I think this was set up a while ago. Mm-hmm. I kind of joined that some later. It was mm-hmm. those three, and I think – so Cody was supposed to go. Yeah. Obviously, he got called up, and they just kept the tea time, and Roger had set it up. Uh, but I was fortunate to be the one to join and not have to pay <laughs> – what over seven hundred dollars for that oh, round?
0: Oh my goodness! Which is, I think,
1: what it ended up being for for guys. How did you? From shoot? what I heard, which I would not have done <laughs> if it was that that much. How did you shoot? Uh, I think I had a goal of shooting breaking ninety, and yeah. I shot eighty nine. So not too bad. I was I was happy with it considering it was my first time playing there. Yeah. The conditions were kind of windy, um, and it's a lot tougher course than you expect. How did you do on the island green?
0: Missed it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I missed it. Did, did, so even with that, I still yeah. broke 90, which is which is pretty did, good. Did anybody hit the green?
1: I think Hicksie did. Mm. And Scotty did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not I, too shabby.
0: I know one of them for sure. I can't yeah. remember, yeah. But <laughs> Pete and I, not so. <laughs> Well, Weston... That'll about wrap it up for today's episode of The Pig Pod. We really appreciate you giving us the time. This was an awesome conversation. You've had a great start to the year, and hopefully this will help you continue it. Yeah, (laughs) thanks for having me.